In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, welcome to worship as beloved people of God. We give thanks for the gift of faith. The faith God gives does not take away all doubt and fear, but the faith God gives brings us to Jesus, who is ever faithful and is our Savior. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm. We are in the season of the church year that focuses on the mission Christ calls us to, empowered by the Holy Spirit given at Pentecost, where Christ himself enters the storms of life and with outstretched hands reaches out in love to save us. Before we hear our scripture readings, let us begin with the prayer of the day. O God, our defender, storms rage around and within us and cause us to be afraid. Rescue your people from despair, deliver your sons and daughters from fear, and preserve us in the faith of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading today from Romans 10, and I begin at verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Here ends the reading. In our gospel today from Matthew, the 14th chapter. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus, he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Have you seen anyone walk on water lately? 
What do we mean when we suggest that someone can walk on water? I did an online search to see and found that walking on water has become a colloquialism used when a seemingly impossible task is actually being managed and accomplished. Some have taken this literally too. A web article told of an African evangelist, Frank Cabelli, who in August 2006 told his congregation he had had a revelation that if he had enough faith, he could walk on water like Jesus. So he took his congregation to the estuary of the Como River near Libreville, Gabon, and he walked into the water, which soon passed over his head, and he never came back. In our gospel for today, when Peter perceived Jesus was walking on the stormy waters, and he wanted Jesus to get him to walk on water too, Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, then noticed the, storm, the strong wind, became frightened and began to sink. He cried out to Jesus, Lord, save me. Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, saying, You of little faith, why did you doubt? This gospel about walking on water or sinking, as Peter did, has the potential to mess up our thinking in a big way, especially in our relationship with God. It can lead us to think that if our faith is only strong enough, we can do almost anything and nothing will harm us. For example, if you just have faith, you won't have to worry about precautions when it comes to coronavirus. Your faith will enable you to walk all over COVID-19 and you won't be infected. There was a church in the news recently, a church in northeastern Oregon, became a hotspot and one of the state's largest coronavirus outbreaks. 236 people from this church tested positive for COVID-19. In April and May, the church touted the need to have faith as they opened their church and encouraged members to attend services in defiance of Oregon COVID-19 restrictions that limited group gatherings. Using faith like this, like this church in Oregon, as if upon my own command I am granted superhuman powers, basically results in me playing God and refusing to admit my humanity and the limitations that go with being human. Another way this kind of thinking can mess us up is when bad things happen, which they will in this fallen world. We may come to mistakenly believe that our lack of faith caused this crisis that we are in, or we may think that God isn't powerful enough or doesn't care enough to protect us, or worse yet, that God just doesn't love us. One of my teachers told of a friend who was called to be a pastor at a new congregation, and on his first Sunday, one of the parishioners who wasn't very happy that he was the pastor called to this church, marched up, looked him in the eye, and said to him, well, you'd better be able to walk on water. My teacher said things got worse for the pastor from there, but not in the way you might expect. It was not because the pastor was inept or incompetent, to the contrary, he was a highly gifted minister, a hard worker. In fact, within a few months, the formerly unconvinced and critical parishioner had turned into his biggest fan, and she told him so. Remember, she asked him one day when I said you'd, be, you'd better be able to walk on water? Well, I think you do. My teacher said that one of the reasons this pastor friend didn't last long in the ministry, in that ministry setting, 
is that he started to believe the critic turned cheerleader. The pastor started to believe that he could and should walk on water, and it did him in. The way we read this gospel can bring us to some confusing conclusions, conclusions that can hurt us spiritually and other ways too. If the focus of this gospel on P is on Peter and his faith or lack of faith, after all, if Peter just had enough faith, he could do anything. There is a real temptation to read the gospel this way, kind of like, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? If you hadn't had any doubts, you wouldn't be sinking. Your marriage wouldn't be experiencing such difficulty. Your family relationships with your kids or your parents wouldn't be such a struggle. Your health issues wouldn't be tormenting you. Your work and the people you work with wouldn't bring such distress. If you just had faith, you could do all the things you, that need to be done. And you could fix all the things that need to be fixed and have answers for all the things that don't have answers. You could walk on water, for heaven's sake. So what's wrong with you? Have a little faith. Do you sense the temptation here? It's such a temptation to make this gospel about us, but it's not. It's not about what we can or can't do. It's about who Jesus is. It's natural to focus on what Peter does or fails to do when Jesus tells him to come to him on the water. And when we do, we forget that it was Jesus who had already come to Peter and the other disciples on the sea when the storm and the winds and the waves had battered the boat. Think about those other gospel accounts that tell the same story as this one. The disciples alone, afraid in the storm, Jesus came. The lepers gathered on the side of the road. They had been cast out by their families, abandoned by their friends in the community. Alone they cried, and Jesus came. The blind man staggered down the road, groping in this world of darkness, begging, and Jesus came. The demoniac, a man with a debilitating mental illness, raging out of control, agonizing in his tortured mind, then Jesus came. The woman taken in adultery cringed on the ground, hiding her face, the people picking up stones to stone her, then Jesus came. The disciples gathered in the upper room, hiding behind locked doors for fear, then Jesus came. The story of our faith, burdens too heavy, pain too great, failure too overwhelming, fears beyond coping, sickness beyond healing. Jesus came. The disciples had been battered by the wind and waves throughout the evening and nighttime hours in their boat on the sea. And early in the morning, in the midst of this threatening, drenching sea, this, this figure of a man walking toward them on the chaotic waters, they were terrified, thinking it was a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But it was Jesus who came in this chaos. And immediately Jesus spoke to them, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And actually that word that Jesus uses to identify himself, it is I, is really more accurately translated I am. It comes from that same sense, the name that God uses to identify himself as Moses questions, Who should I say has called me? I am. And so Moses was prepared 
to speak the name of God. Jesus is God here. Jesus does what only God can do. I am here. I am with you. I am God. Peter answered Jesus from the boat, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus invited Peter to come, and when Peter noticed the fierce wind, he became frightened, started to sink, and cried, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him. Jesus was there. Peter wants to make this walking on water something he can perform, but he was frightened. This gospel shows us who Jesus is, that Jesus is the Son of God, demonstrating his reliability, his faithfulness. Jesus is the one who will walk on water in any storm to save us. We know that is true because Jesus sacrificially, willingly died for you and me, taking our sin and death upon himself to the cross. Now our faith is in Jesus because Jesus is ever faithful. It is not up to us to walk on water or believe that our faith makes us capable of anything like that. Our faith does, however, draw us to call on the name of the one who is with us in all things, in every storm, walking with us, watching over us with outstretched hands of mercy and love. When we are in the middle of the storm, Jesus is the one who comes. And there is no power, no storm, no wind, no force, not even death, that Jesus cannot overcome to get to us and hold us in his everlasting hands. I'd like to close today with some words from the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, also known as When Peace Like a River. But before I read the hymn verses, I want to give a little backstory to this hymn written by Horatio Spofford prominent Chicago lawyer from the late 1800s. In 1871, Horatio Spofford and his wife Anna lost their four-year-old son to scarlet fever. Two years later, when he was delayed by business, Spofford sent his family ahead of him on a family trip on a ship to England, his wife Anna and their four children, 11-year-old Annie, nine-year-old Maggie, 5-year-old Bessie, and two-year-old Tanetta. And while crossing the Atlantic, their steamship was struck by an iron sailing vessel and it sank. All four daughters lost their lives. Spofford's wife, Anna, was the only one from the family to survive. And so Horatio Spofford then sailed for England to join his grieving wife, going over the same ocean spot where his daughters drowned. Spofford wrote the words to the hymn, It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trial should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. He lives, O oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to his cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. Lord, hasten the day when our faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trumpet shall sound, the Lord shall descend, 
Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Let us pray. O God, the giver of faith, hope, and love, the faith you give us does not take away all doubt and fear, but the faith you give brings us to Jesus, who is ever faithful. Give us faith in the midst of the storms of life to see and to hear and to recognize Jesus beside us, reaching out and saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And we pray today especially for those who are experiencing hardships, the hungry, the homeless, the jobless, that they may be granted relief, food and homes, jobs. For all who cry out in anguish, that they might experience help and compassion of your people. We pray for school leaders making decisions about the new school year, for teachers and students, for renewal in learning, for safety for all. Come to the aid of all who suffer. We pray for all workers who attend coronavirus patients, for all who give health care. Give wisdom to scientists working on a vaccine. Comfort all families and friends who cannot be with loved ones at this time. Risen Lord Jesus Christ, you went ahead of us into the grave and defeated the powers of sin, death, and the evil one. As we remember those who have died, especially those dear to us, inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope and of that day when we will be reunited with those who have gone before us. And we pray the prayer the Lord taught us, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>